0: this cool the numbers are going up means we're recording so and we're live yeah yeah it's not live so if yeah we can we can edit stuff out if we what want. shoes are those those look comfy uh are they, they are Dan- actually
1: pretty comfy i was uh danners yeah nice they're like a hiking shoe yeah yeah and i always wear them in the shop you know staying on concrete all day yeah and uh i go through shoes like crazy I these um, are, are smoked i need like two new pairs of shoes yeah, so I figured walking around all week, put put these bad guys on. Yeah, Danner makes good boots too, so. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I found uh, found a pair a while ago. I think they were Vasky or Vasque whatever. Yeah. That were pretty comfortable. Then of course, they stopped making them, so. Of course. I should have bought like 10 pair.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to find a good comfy shoe. Like for everyday use, like at the shop and whatnot. I'm trying to find something. I have wider feet. I don't like my toes being like cramped. So that's my biggest thing is trying to find one that's wide enough. That's light. And yeah, Yeah,
2: I went to, uh, to fleet feet and they like, uh, it's a running, running shoe company, old place. And, but you stand on like, a a computer and it actually like 3d measures your foot. So they know like exactly what shoe size, what width, and then they can like take that and be like, Hey, like, new balances are more for your style and like whatever because you know all the all the shoes are different yeah so. yeah and they yeah i mean i got two pairs of shoes that were this one of my my green ones and they've been really actually comfortable on my feet so sweet yeah but i mean they're not like fancy shoes or just like sneakers
0: yeah. So well on that note <laughs> <laughs> well. Welcome to the Big Tech Soreness Podcast. I'm Ike. Uh, we're joined with Ian Michowski, Um mm-hmm. and uh, David Wilson from D. Wilson Manufacturing. So, Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on, dude. We're excited. We've known you for a little bit now and um, kind of hung out with you a bit and glad to, to have you on the show and pick your brain. Yeah.
1: I don't know that there's much brain to pick, but <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> there's something in there. You can try. We'll, we'll dig deep. We'll find <laughs> it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of who you are, what you do. Oh boy. Um, well, favorite color.
1: Ooh, favorite color. I always say it depends. Depends on what it is. (laughs) So like if it's, if it's a car, I like a white car. Really? Or, uh, if it's like a t-shirt, I like black t-shirts. So I don't know. Not, not my, I feel like not many people say that. So it depends. Uh, so me, who am I? What do I do? Um, So I'm Dave Wilson. I own D. Wilson Manufacturing. Um, How I got started in D. Wilson Manufacturing, I would say it's probably had a lot to do with a misspent childhood. So for some reason or another, my parents were strangely okay with me buying guns from a very early age. Um, I think I was, I think the first gun I ever had was like a Marlin 22 bolt action that I won at There was a a local church that that was like their fundraiser for the year. Like there's this just like big uh, pig roast. And like every 10 minutes the entire day, they would like raffle off a gun. Oh, wow. And it was like getting towards the end of the day. And the guy was like, you know, they had like this giant bin with everyone's tickets in. And the guy was like, oh, you want to come over here and draw one? And I, you know, reached in this big bin and drew one out. And it was my own ticket. That's
3: (laughs) pretty No way.
1: (laughs) So I was pretty pumped. I was like seven. Got this little twenty-two And, you <laughs> know, it's so cool when you're a little kid and you're like, oh, I shot a like a 50-round sleeve of CCI twenty-two yeah. shots. You're like, oh, yeah. It was a good day at the range. Like I'm <laughs> out there
0: shooting. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then, you know, a year later, I was like, oh, yeah, I want like a, a semi-auto. I was like, maybe a 10.22 would be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. So my parents were like, okay. I mean, I had like a grass-cutting job. So, you know, I'd save up all my money. And I was like, yeah, I want to get this 10.22. And, of course, like, the first thing as any little kid, you read through, like, trying to think of what the big gun magazines were at the time, or gun, like, supplier stuff.
2: Maybe cheaper like, than
1: dirt. Cheaper than dirt. CDNN?
0: Uh, or... Not, or...
1: Uh, do you guys remember uh, U.S. Cavalry? Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, my brothers and I were obsessed with that. We are like, we'd find the most ridiculous things, like, we need we need berets. Because we <laughs> are green berets. <laughs> Smoking
0: <laughs> Mountain Knifeworks was another one. Did you ever get no, that? No, I don't
1: think I I don't think I did. I don't think I remember that one. But yeah, US Cavalry was a big one. And I feel like every once in a while they would have like oh, all stuff, like, oh you can get a fluted barrel or a hogue stock. And I was like, Oh yeah. I need to be like some super cool sniper, so you know, I like bought all this stuff and put it in this ten twenty two. And, like, as time progressed, I just got more and more into guns. And, you know, st- strangely enough, like, I I would say I don't really shoot a lot. Um, I really just like the, like, evolution of the mechanical designs of guns and the history of them. I think that's really cool. Um, so fast forward a couple of years, I was getting my engineering degree. And I found my way into a machine shop on campus. And I was there, you know, trying to figure out learn machining and stuff like that for school projects. I was like, oh, man, like maybe I could make some cool gun stuff. So that kind of evolved into me making and selling gun ports out of my college dorm room. (laughs) 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 So Campus security. uh, uh, (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it kind of evolved into that. I remember I had this one big project I wanted to, uh, it was right about the time Knights Armament came out with their scalloped selectors. Yeah. This was in like 2000 ish. No, not 2000. I was, I was 13. um, (laughs) 2010, 2009, 2010. I was like, oh man, that's really cool. But they didn't sell them. So I was like, oh, well maybe I could just like make them. So I remember I I bought like, well, so like every, every summer during college I would work and like save all the money I made with an internship or something. And that'd be like my money for tuition. So I was like, you know, I really want to do this project, but I really only have the money that's going to pay my tuition bill in like a month. I was like, shit, what am I going to do? I was like, yeah, whatever. Hopefully I can make the money back. So I bought all these safety selectors, machined them with the scallop, you know, similar to Knights was doing. And then I was like, I didn't sleep for a few days. I was like, what, what am I going to do if this doesn't work? Yeah. And then I remember I put them up for sale on uh, ARFCOM yeah. and sold them all in like 24 hours. Oh, shit. I was like, this is fucking amazing. Like, this is so easy. I remember, like, I had this, like, little Parkerizing pot set up in my college dorm room, like, big box fan in the window, blowing (laughs) all this stuff out. It was nuts. So, you know, it's all kind of, like, dumb stuff like that. I figured things that I want for myself, there's probably other people out there that want it, too. So I just kind of scaled it from there. And um, what was it? Probably... Six or seven years ago now, I started to get like some equipment and I just had it in the basement of my house started doing stuff, got my f f l uh it's just kinda grown and blown up from there. yeah, now we have a pretty big industrial shop in Colorado uh, a couple employees um pretty much everything a r related we do uh a lot of machining based stuff. So it's interesting. Like some people ask me what I do. And usually I'm more inclined to say like, Oh, I own a machine shop versus like, Oh, I'm a gunsmith. Cause so I feel like when you think of gunsmith, you think of like some, gotta, some guy working I on change
2: out the stock on my Ruger
1: American. Yeah. like refinishing the stock on Papa's paws. Yeah. Bold action gun from 1913 or something Doing like a that. Cold
0: blue on this, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think stuff like that is very cool. That's um, an art. Like, yeah. It really is. I, uh, so local to me in Colorado is the Colorado School of the Trades, and they are more a traditional gunsmithing school. That I've gone in and visited a few times, and it's actually, uh, pretty cool to see some of that, like, very traditional gunsmithing work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just something I don't do. I think I kind of tinker with it in my free time every once in a while, but yeah. Did you, uh, you, st- mentioned
2: nights earlier and it it, i walked down to the the knights booth uh earlier did you see the old school i haven't been there yet i've been trying
0: to get there like the past couple days i keep seeing everyone posting about it
2: dude it's it's two rifles and it's that old school swag i think it's like
1: uh like the serial number three or something like that
2: yeah it's like in the picture eugene's
0: holding like that rifle that's there and i'm like that's that's fucking cool yeah i've been i'm i was Trying to do that in between the podcasts from today, yeah. You, this morning and out, and then I got kept on getting hung up at every booth, and I never made it over there. But after this one, yeah, you, need, my you need to down run there. down there quick yeah. and,
2: and check it out. And I gotta cool. see
0: the new, the new, their new like three D printed like flow through cans.
2: Yeah, everybody was finger fucking that, so <clears> I, didn't, <throat> <laughs> I didn't get to look at it. I
1: was more interested in.
2: I
0: want to see that AR yeah, ten. Like cool. three.
2: That's I've been He's got like a like a another one down there too. That's like a- I think,
1: yeah, I think in the middle it's like a, an old SR twenty five match, yeah, which is like a, a twenty four inch barrel. It has, if you look at the design, it almost looks like a mod two gas block in like ten generations ago. <laughs> and uh, one of my employees was actually telling me because um, we actually just had one in the shop not too long ago that apparently that knurled nut in front of the gas block comes off and there's actually a suppressor that goes on. Oh, shit. That I, I, I had no idea about, but apparently uh, Larry Vickers mentioned it in his, maybe one of his more recent books.
0: Yeah, I need to pick up some of those too. Yeah, I missed... Uh- you didn't go to like that 100th year uh, anniversary, did you? Down there at nights? Oh, no, no. I didn't make it to that. In November. I found out about it too late and they had already sold out. I signed up to be on the wait list and I was like number like 135 oh, on the geez. wait list. I was like, yeah, that's not happening. Um,
1: have you guys ever been to the, what, what do they call it? The International Military Institute or where they where they have the, the huge like, what do you call that?
0: Museum. Mm-hmm. I haven't been there. No, I have Really would like to go. Is that,
1: that. the one that, like on
2: Knight's property?
0: I believe so. Yeah, yeah, it's no. stoner. yeah. um yeah. That's where know. the that's where that stoner event was. Okay, okay. Not like stoner, but like oh, Eugene d- stoner, the different stoner, <laughs> <laughs> not the Colorado stoner. <laughs>
1: but th- I think like even going to that would be so cool to see. Is um, I feel like I heard Reed mention it in a podcast one time that. It was always very cool for the designers to be like, oh, this design is an evolution of, you know, whatever older version of something. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go take a look at it and just walk over to the museum. And yeah. Take the part and be like, <laughs> yeah, this is where this design was derived from. Like, oh, sweet. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, that'd be, that would be cool.
1: Uh, Kevin from from Q has yeah. his
2: podcast with. Uh,
0: with Trey on there. Yeah. yeah.
2: And, and if you have not. That's listened, a good episode. If you have not listened to that yet, I think it's two or three parts. And, like, they get super nerdy and go, like, really into the history of nights. And it's, like, mind-blown. Like, it, it's super interesting. Super, super interesting. I think I did listen to that one. Yeah. It's it's good for those out there that want to listen to a good podcast.
0: When you're not busy listening to the BTO yeah. podcast.
2: Actually, you can't listen to any other podcast. Yeah. So <laughs>
0: We will find you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Pretend I didn't just say that. and <laughs> you're fired. Damn it. Darn it. Can I at least get home? Yeah. <laughs> You got to walk. Yeah. Sorry. Uh We'll throw you
1: in a suitcase. That's fine. (laughs) That's
0: fine. So have you always been in Colorado or? Um,
1: No. Uh, I actually grew up in central Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Um, After I graduated college in 2011, the job market was kind of iffy at the time, Um, you know, coming out of what the... 2008 2009 recession it uh, wasn't a lot of places hiring so i ended up working for a pretty big defense contractor in wisconsin so after school i packed up and moved to wisconsin for about nine years um and then about three years ago i moved to colorado
0: is that when you kind of left the corporate America side? Yeah. So I worked
1: um, worked in corporate America for like nine years. I only worked for uh, that defense contractor. Um, I kind of decided that corporate America really wasn't for me. Um, I kind of like to write my own ticket. So I think as I mentally made that decision that I was going to focus on D Wilson manufacturing and uh some other stuff I do, um, I kind of just work worked my ass off for about a year and then was like, All right, this is it. Um I know I I was actually pretty nervous to leave my corporate job. Um, I think just the the fear of the unknown, like, oh well what if what if people just st- suddenly start, stop asking me f- to do work on their guns? Like, what am I going to do? <laughs> like, I don't know. But then, you know, in hindsight, what, three, three years later, I'm like, dang, why didn't I do this sooner? Yeah.
0: So a lot more fun, I bet. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's, well, it's, uh, you know, it's a kind of a very different perspective. I, uh, you know, like I'm out here at Shot show this week. I know my guys back in the shop are still getting stuff done. Um, I know I'm probably going to have a mountain of work to do when I get back, but I got a lot done before I left. Um, I think I only had a couple jobs in my queue, so that was kind of nice. So I don't, I don't feel too bad not being at the job for yeah. a couple of days. But you know, it's it's nice to uh, have things you enjoy doing being work related. Uh, you know, if I want to go pig hunting or something like that, you know, it's 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 a business trip, so that's fun to go do. You okay. know, you, you meet lots of interesting people.
3: Thanks. Yeah. Hi, I'm Chris from Big Tech's Ordnance, and I'm Ian from Big Tech's Ordnance. <laughs> <laughs> and today we've got the weekly update. So, first off, from Voltor is the classic Myrrh upper receivers, right? So, we've got them in foliage green, black, standard black. Those are my picks. What do you got over there? Um, for,
2: all, for all the wheel gun enthusiasts out there, we've started carrying some, some Sapphire Land Comp 3 and Comp 2 speed loaders for J frames and K frames. So if you guys need a good speed loader for all of your um, revolver needs, we got some. Uh, we have the new Streamlight Wedge XT also. These come in black and FDE. great little task light. You know, drop your keys underneath the couch. You're looking for your burrito. Good little option from Streamlight. Comes with a little
3: lanyard on it as well. Solid price point on those. I would I yep. have to reference the price point on USB those.
2: USB-C rechargeable and it has a deep carry uh, pocket, pocket clip, clip on it. Yeah, so option. Looks
3: great. Coming up, there's a bunch of classes. We've got Paradox training. Oh, I'll be Across yeah, the, the street the, at, the at the range. range. Uh, doing that the 27th, not this weekend, but next weekend. Anyway, lots of training events coming up. We just also posted the Suns of Liberty. Oh, yeah, the Armors class. Armors class in May. It's up on the website. Anyway, thanks for watching. Be safe. Finger guns.
0: You do a lot of work with, like, on LMT guns. I know I think that's a pretty popular. Um, or at least from what I've seen, it seems like that's a pretty popular service that you offer. Like the MRP cuts and stuff.
1: Um, yeah, I was. Uh, you know, Joe at, at LMT asked me about this the other day. He's like, "How like how many barrel conversions did you, do you do a year?" And I went back and looked, and I think this past year it was maybe like four hundred and fifty. Wow. Um. He's like, "Oh, dang, that's like that's a big deal." Yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh. You know, that that one one drunken night when I figured out how to do MRP conversions <laughs> a couple of years ago is kind of paying off. Um, so, that's been a really big service. Um, you know, we're trying to – we're kind of becoming a bigger and bigger LMT dealer. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the one advantage we have, uh, it seems that a lot of people want to – you know, they might bar- buy a barrel from us. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the ability to shorten and thread it, pin and weld it before we ship it, which is kind of nice. Um I don't know that a lot of other LMT dealers have
0: that ability. I know in the past, like somebody's bought it and they wanted it shipped to you (laughs) because you didn't have the barrel at the time. Yeah. So we've done that a time or two. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Yeah. And that works too. I mean, we're happy to
0: do that. Um, It's cool to be able to just like buy it from you. And before it ever leaves, just like, Hey, go ahead and doctor it up this way. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Pretty cool. Um, So it is kind of cool to uh, bring that to the table with LMT and, you know, make it a little bit more modular of a gun. Um, cause you're doing stuff with like
2: shortening rails and changing rails.
1: Also. Yeah, we do some of that too. Um, it was actually kind of funny I stopped by the AGM booth. They make thermals and stuff like that. And, uh, the very first URX converted MRP was hanging on the wall. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like yeah. something I've been, I did was, is hanging in their booth and I think it was even in like their pro- product brochure. Oh, wow.
0: That's like,
1: cool. Yeah, I mean that that kind of makes you proud seeing yeah. stuff like that. Um, so we have done stuff like that. I know the the quad war upper has become you know a few people want that done, or you essentially take a, a rifle length quad and chop it to spec war length. Um, you know, stuff like that. It's kind of fun to do. Nice. Yeah. yeah, it's
2: cool to to see what you guys are doing with that. I mean, I'm a fan of LMT, and uh, three of the guys at the shop just sent barrels to you to get get the LMT
1: barrel conversion done so well i think it's it's kind of cool if you think about it um i think one of the main benefits of an lmt upper her monolithic upper is the quick change barrel Mm -hmm. um you know i understand from lmt's perspective they're not going to make every single barrel configuration out there you know every oddball caliber wildcat whatever custom gas system length Um, so it, it brings a lot to the table. If someone wants to do that, Mm -hmm. we can make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, I think we've done like even 458 SOCOM and done a a couple of 350 Bushmasters and stuff like that, but even 22 barrels Mm or 9mm, stuff like that. I mean, it's, people want to do it Yeah, and it's, it's cool to be able to do that
0: for them. And even it's cool. Even like in the five five six realm, you can pick like whatever barrel your pet barrel is, like whether it's, whether it's Hodge or Criterion or, you know, uh, uh, Hayden sent one
2: of the new Rosco, uh, Dufrane barrels. Oh yeah, yeah. So like that specific eleven. Yeah, if you don't
0: feel like spending five hundred dollars on a LMT, well, the, you get the gas tube and the the gas block, I guess, too on the barrel. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, you can kind of
0: whatever barrel you prefer. You can go get the conversion. Yeah, whether
1: yeah. you know it's your. Trying to meet some need with it being a, a heavy use barrel mm. you know you want to put something like hodge in it um, have we've done quite a few conversions on proof barrels you oh. know someone wanting to make the the gun a fair bit lighter mm. um, and they're just you know maybe they're hunting with it or something like that they don't want to carry around the weight all day um they're just looking for a match grade barrel to put in it um you know it's it's all ends of the spectrum, which is pretty cool
0: yeah you started making some like custom tooling too, um, like you have a 3d printer. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh,
1: and that was kind of one of my first things too. back in, back in my college days. I, uh, I really wanted to build an upper with a URX two on it. I was like, Oh yeah, that's so cool. Like, I got it. <laughs> but at the time Knights wasn't really selling the URX wrench for them. I was like, oh shit, how the hell am I going to even install this thing? So I sat down at this uh, machine shop I worked at and basically reversed engineered a wrench that would fit on the nut. And then I machined one. And all these other people were like, oh, well, can I have one? I like, well, <laughs> I mean, sure, <laughs> <cost> I, <laughs> I, I, I guess. So, you know, I'd buy a bunch of material and machine a couple more. Um, and that kind of caught on. So I think, I mean, I don't even know how many hundreds of those wrenches I've sold to yeah. date. Um but you know it's it's cool to offer stuff like that, um, you know. Unfortunately, Knights hasn't been, you know, it they don't seem to mind, so that's a good thing. Stop talking
0: like, Jack. Don't watch this. Yeah, Jack.
1: Sorry, sorry, buddy. Um, so it's it's kind of cool to work on the guns, um, see how they go together, come apart, and offer some tooling. Like we make a um, a couple other things too. We make a. a Castle Nut Wrench for a Matu gas block. Uh, we're making those. We haven't made any for a while. People keep asking us, so we need to make another batch of those here soon. We're um, like the little tool to remove the QD socket on your X4. Um, so, like, if you want to Cerakote it, yeah. if you pop those out, then uh, the Cerakote job looks a lot cleaner. Yeah. I mean, some people just Cerakote over them. You know, maybe I'm a perfectionist and just like to take it out, so... <laughs>
2: Well, speaking of that, I think uh, your pin and weld jobs always look absolutely beautiful too. Yeah. Well, thank you. Speaking of perfectionists, you like get that, and you're like, "Was that done at the factory?" Because that.
1: So it's looks- it's interesting. Like we've had a few people over the years call us and be like, "You didn't pin and weld this thing." They're like, oh yeah, can you like send us a picture? And you see a picture, they're like, "Oh, that's the weld." Like that looks so nice. I didn't think a weld would look like that. I mean, like.
2: I- I've seen some hack, oh god, some hack pin and well jobs where it's like just looks like they stuck silly putty and <laughs> I don't know what else in it,
1: and you're like that's a that does not look good. And then you look at one of yours and you're like that's beautiful. Now don't get me wrong, most of them look pretty good. Every once in a while you'll get one that doesn't really look the greatest, and you might have to redo it or something like that or clean it up a little bit. But we we aim to get them to yeah, look yeah. pretty nice. They look really good. <laughs> I mean I think after pff, I don't even know how many I've done ever. Maybe 3.
0: At least 5, yeah. maybe more. Plus
2: plus
1: or minus. Yeah, yeah, probably about that.
0: <laughs> how many how many do you in like last year? How many do you think you did? A lot. <laughs> I think it was
1: just for like retail customers, maybe like 1300. Oh, God. And then I know, like, we do a couple for you guys every once in a while. uh, I know you guys have, like, some 14.5 uppers you send us every once in a while that we do. We've sent uh, you a bunch of stuff. Some oddball stuff like that. We've done um, some for different OEMs that just don't have the ability to do it in-house. They'll send us, I don't know, 50 barrels at a time. We'll do them, send them back.
0: Yeah, I know you'll, like, post on Facebook whatever. You got, like, a whole line of stuff that you're that you're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and sometimes like that, you know, it's easy just to do them all at once, knock them out. Yeah. Um, You know, it may take the whole day, but at least they're done. Yeah. I mean, we like to do stuff like that. It's, it's uh, simple, you know, not every, uh, not every shop or retailer wants to do stuff like that or take on stuff like that in-house. So, you know, it's, it's uh, fun to do, build a relationship with retailers, you know, like you guys, we love doing stuff for you guys. I saw, what uh, Justin just shipped me a box of barrels earlier today, maybe. Yeah. So,
2: what else you got going on? What, what's what's coming down the pipeline for you? Ooh, any projects? Any um, anything you can share with the world?
1: So I'm trying to think. What what do we got going on? I I do have one uh, kind of sleeper project. That's it's going to be interesting. Was that the
0: uh, this is, the Does it start with an X? Or is that something different? The axe. X. Uh,
1: oh, no. Dash. No. No, not that one. That one's gonna be cool that too. One, that yeah. one is gonna have some a pretty cool fire control group in it, I'll say that. <laughs> a, spicy uh, a spicy unit? Uh extra spicy. <laughs> extra spicy. So one of my guys, uh, you know, we, we come up with all kinds of harebrained stuff at the shop on a daily basis. They're so like, we should build this um so one one project i'll i'll just i'll tell you guys what it is okay um so i've been since probably about a year ago i've been doing a lot of six with stuff with eight six blackout Yep. Oh, um okay. yeah, yeah yeah so we got a, we sold a bunch of reloading dies yeah. we made some trim dies uh so you could convert cases um we help people a lot of people convert cases I've been kind of playing around with it in some personal guns. Um, So one of my guys was like, you know what we should do? We should build an MP5 SD in (laughs) 8.6. Oh, God. (laughs) Like, I don't really want to do that. (laughs) But, you know, the other day I was talking to another buddy. He's like, we were talking about... uh, what is it? PTRs? Because mm-hmm. they're. I mean, it's it's pretty easy. Uh, uh, legal disclaimer: No, it's not very easy <laughs> to convert one into a post sample. So I was like, oh well, maybe maybe we could just like get a PTR. I think it's called the fifty-one, the real short one, and the front end is the same length as an SD or like a normal MP5. So well, what we'll do, we'll just buy one, chop the front end off put an SD kit on it with the different hand guard and we'll just make a barrel for it. We still have to figure out how we're going to do the suppressor. (laughs) Like this thing's going to be insane. (laughs) We can do that. So basically. What about like the mag and like, how's that all going to It'll just take a normal G3 mag. Oh, okay. Okay. Because the the 51 is like a a G3 size. Yeah. Yeah. So the receiver section will be kind of stretched in the magwell area for it to take the normal 308 mag. Yeah. Um, and then the front end would look just like an SD. <laughs> so like stuff like that, you're like the things, you I mean, do. it's a cool idea. Like <laughs> screw it. Let's just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Uh,
2: that's going to be awesome. The things that you can do when you have uh, machinery at your disposal. Well, So
1: the, the hard thing in it all was, uh, so usually eight, six is shot out of a very fast twist barrel. Mm-hmm. Like uh normal three Oh eight is like a one in 10 twist. An eight six is a one and three twist. Holy shit! So it's
0: yeah, it's, it's a big bullet though. So you yeah, gotta, you gotta.
1: yeah. Well, I think I think part of it too is um, it was designed around being subsonic or al- always being shot subsonic. So the advantage, well, so when you're shooting subsonics, you know, you're obviously limited on how many feet per second it's going. Mm-hmm. So what they are starting to realize is you can cause a lot more catastrophic damage to a target if the bullet is spinning very fast um so what your your lack in forward momentum of the bullet you're making up for in spin of the bullet so if you think of like how a blender works Mm -hmm. and the cavitation it causes i mean the, the bullet's essentially doing the same thing on whatever it hits wow so they have these i've seen some crazy expanding stuff um but, uh, it, it, I mean, it works. I've, I've <laughs> shot some pigs with it and, you know, they, they get hit pretty hard. So, I mean, it's kind of cool. It's kind of one of those pet projects. You're like, ah, why not? Let's just do it. Yeah.
0: Just, just because.
1: Yeah. At first I was a little hesitant and then kind of like a few things fell into place. And I was like, all right, we're, we're doing it. Why not? We, we, we have the technology. We're doing it. <laughs> that's, that's
2: pretty sweet. Oh, man. The, uh, You've been doing—I don't want to say a lot, but like your personal stuff with eight six, like hunting, reloading. How's that going for you? I haven't um, really talked to anybody that's used the eight the eight 6 at all.
1: I mean, I don't—I don't think it's going poorly. I think there's um, maybe a few struggles with converting cases. Um, so it's it as far as I know, it's not a Sammy approved cartridge. So it's kind of just like a wildcat thing. Um, so the, the I would say definitely the hardest part is converting cases. So you basically take a 6.5, or in some instances you can use a 3.08 case, um, bump the shoulder back quite a bit, and then trim it to length, and you have to neck it up to 3.38. Interesting. So that whole process... Um, It's it's a lot changing the dimensions of the case pretty dramatically. So you run into like ripples in the case, um, things like that. I mean, I think probably 10 percent of the brass I convert gets thrown away because it just gets messed up somehow. Yeah. Um, I think the other issue you run into, you know, if you get the brass formed and no big dents or tears or anything like that is uh, the wall thickness of the neck. So the way the chamber print um, is, it's you, you kind of have to have a pretty narrow window of how thick the wall is on the case, or else it just won't chamber because mm. it's too big. So I found that if you use Hornady brass, for example, it has usually thinner walls, mm. and it's a little easier to convert. Otherwise, like some other brands, or if you use 308 brass, usually the brass is a lot thicker, especially like Lake City. There's tons of Lake City 308 brass out there, mm. um, and it's cheap, so a lot of people want to use it. The downside is you have to neck turn them all, which is if you've ever done that, it is, it's a terrible process. It takes forever. It's very painstaking. (laughs) Um, I would not recommend it. Um, So we had pretty good luck using Hornady brass. Um, I think I probably have maybe a few thousand rounds through my gun so far. Um, You know, it's, it's fun to shoot. It's, it's super quiet. Um, I would say it's quieter than a very quiet 300 blackout. Interesting. And you get a bullet that's maybe three times as heavy. So, What length
2: barrel are, are you shooting it out of?
1: Um, in my personal gun, I have a 12-inch. Okay. Uh, so I took a, a faxen barrel, um, converted it to work in my MWS, and it's a little shorter than a normal handguard, so I had a lot to lop the front of my handguard off, which, you know, just take down with the bandsaw, <laughs> chop it, and clean it up. Uh, but, it, it, I mean, it came out pretty cool. I know they make... Um, I think Faxon is one of the few people making like a production barrel. Um, they make an 8, a 12, and a 16-inch. Okay. Um, I went with a 12 just because it was close to the existing uh, LMT upper. You know, I thought 8 was maybe a little too short. Yeah. You know, I'm big, big lanky guy. I got long arms. I don't yeah, want some know. little like PDW. Yeah.
0: <laughs> eight, six. <laughs> yeah. So you can't even buy. That's, the, that's what the uh, MP5 SD is for. Yeah. yeah exactly. exactly. PDW. Um, yeah. Eight six.
2: Can you? I mean, I'm not saying like go to academy and buy like eight point six, like Hordney off the shelf. You have to basically not yet. Okay.
1: Um, there are a few companies making ammo. Um, my buddy Dave Stark over at Discrete Ballistics, uh, makes hunting ammo, subsonic hunting ammo. Okay. Um, I think it's Gorilla Ammo. Okay. Makes 8.6. Um, I feel like there's a few other kind of mom and pop sort of places that make it. Uh, It's not – I feel like right now there's a lot of people that want it. Yeah. Um, But it's kind of maybe a little hard to get right now. You know, kind of like the early, early days of 300 Blackout. Oh, yeah. Like I'm sure it just wasn't on the shelf like it is now. It's not like you can go into Academy or whatever your yeah. local – not Sports like shop is and get some 300 blackout, You're just like, Oh, there it is. And yeah. Yeah. Like we, like we have a, what is it? Sportsman's warehouse right by oh, our shop. Yeah. Every once in a while, we're like, Oh, we need some obscure ammo to test fire or something. Just run over there. It, it blows my mind that like, Oh, they just have 300 blackouts sitting on the shelf. It's all you can get supers, you
0: can get whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're really big over there in Utah. They're
1: yeah. Right. That's where, did we uh, stop there when we were
2: there for the PNS? Yeah. Uh, was that what it was watching Solomon. Yeah.
0: Twinsies. Yeah. I actually just threw those away, dude. Mine got blown out. Yeah. I need a new pair. Yeah, the mine were mine were had seen better days, so I I retired them. I didn't even see her come in. Oh, oh she, she she was, was here. here. Oh, I was like, how did I miss that? <laughs>
2: Ian's just I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm tired, but I'm not like sleep talking to you guys. <laughs> like
1: she's been you... standing behind you the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, <"Fuck>, kill them.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're sitting here in the in the hotel and. Uh, it's a pretty big room, actually, but the the cleaning lady was in, the, in the there. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> you literally could have like cut my head off, and I'd been like clueless to what didn't those. even see it coming. No. <laughs> she just walked by, and it's like where the fuck you? <laughs> it's like that meme from the office, you know, <laughs> Dwight's Angel's Like, ah.
2: <laughs> uh, that was funny. Okay, where were we? <laughs> like, wow, I'm not that clueless.
0: So, on um, uh, any idea what like barrel life is like on those eight sixes i would imagine it'd be pretty long because it's moving pretty slow and but i would think so
1: i would think it'd be pretty long i mean it's it's a nitrider barrel it's a pretty low pressure round um you know similar to 300 blackout i i would think the barrel life's gonna be pretty high yeah it's not like alpha one you're just like
2: all right see a barrel
1: yeah it's i mean it's not like uh i don't know some of those six millimeter yeah blasters that the prs guys shoot or
0: whatever some of those are zipping
1: i mean i i would say i probably get even after a couple thousand rounds through mine still shoots well under a minute nice if uh you know if i do my part
0: yeah which is which is a key factor
1: yeah i mean i found like i put a a thermal on it like i don't know how much shooting you've done behind a thermal but it's hard to get a, a decent group
0: yeah you really can't even zeroing it is hard um what I've done is like reflective aluminum tape. So I tried
1: that. And then I, I realized like, uh so I shoot a lot at a local indoor range. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, the reflective tape means the sun to heat up mm-hmm. so you can see it. So <laughs> I'm like looking at my target. I'm like, where the heck did I even put that thing? <laughs> like, I can't see shit. The,
0: the other thing is those hot hands. The, the oh, warmers. I'll have to try that. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's still a pretty big target, but like you can at least gives you something to kind of look you know
2: look somebody back. sells uh when i was working at the yeah the range they made like a target that had like a little warmer
0: like a little hand warmer style target oh really yeah, it's yeah small yeah. enough that you actually get a decent group mm-hmm. instead of like well i hit the hand warmer but that's like a two by three yeah uh, yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Gotta, well i mean it depends i guess it depends on what you're doing with it too
0: but yeah i mean if you're shooting 100 yards or something you know five moa is still yeah plenty for how far Shoot have you a pig or something?
2: Uh shwacked a pig with that, bad boy.
1: Um Maybe like two hundred yards. Nice. So one benefit, this this fancy thermal I found, has a built in rangefinder. Nice. So you just like put this little box on on the pig. It tells you exactly how far it is and then you just use the reticle to adjust your uh you just elevation hit a that, like re. Yeah. You're like oh man, this is like too easy. <laughs> Bye. <Beep>. <laughs> <laughs> Lights out. <laughs> um yeah, probably about 200 yards. I think the maybe the one downside I see um is really heavy subsonics have a lot of drop. Yeah. I mean, we're talking like a couple hundred inches at like three hundred yards. Oh wow! Holy so it's shit. like lobbing artillery.
0: How, how heavy are the bullets? Like,
1: um, the heaviest I I usually shoot like uh, if I'm just like doing some plinking, I usually shoot like a three hundred grain Match King. Um, but like for pigs, I either use uh three hundred and fifty grain um, copper solid or um
0: three hundred fifty grains of just nothing but copper. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's yeah. expensive. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're not cheap. You've been cutting pipes out of people's houses in yeah. yeah. <laughs> Colorado, bud? Well, the other thing, too, is, <laughs> you know, like an idiot, my uh, my 8.6 is also
0: full auto. <laughs> ching, ching. Oh, fuck, that was expensive. Like, oh, that was, like, an $80 bag. <laughs> I have to do a lot of pinning wells to cover that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, or on, like, the lighter end, I shoot maybe, like, a, a 225 grain, like, Barnes... I forget what they call them, like a TTSX, which is also, I think, a pretty popular bullet for 300 blackout mm-hmm. hunting. Um, that seems to work pretty well too. I think the one, maybe the one downside of shooting something light like that is you can't get um, maybe the velocities you want. So I think for the bullet to perform as, as you know, in an optimal way, I think you need it to be flying over like 2,000 feet per second. And I think uh, with my testing, you're kind of run into about 1900 before you start to see pressure signs in the case, which isn't the safest thing. So, you kind of have to back off a little bit. Yeah. Spicy. (laughs) A little too spicy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You kind of want that case to hold up and not. Yeah. uh,
1: Generally speaking. I mean, if you like your face. Yeah. Not really. yeah. Yeah. Depends. Yeah. Kind of like your
0: favorite color. Yeah. Depends. Yeah. yeah.
1: Depends. <laughs> Depends on what you
0: want. Depends on how nice I mean, looking your face is. Yeah.
2: That's 300. I mean, that's like a fridge. Like you're literally 350 grain. <sighs> <sighs>
0: it's like that the 4570 that I have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, like what,
1: a, what do you usually shoot out of your 4570? Like 550 grains. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's like, a school bus. It's like just a big, like most of the car, like. The lead, how much lead goes into the cartridge is like insane. It's like three quarters of the cartridge is taken up by the lead bullet. Dang! And then when you have that with a suppressor, I got like a whatever the silencer co is the uh the I think it's the hybrid the hybrid forty six. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's that's a nice combo. I got a Marlin that um uh that was threaded.
1: Okay.
2: That's a, that's a pretty. What and you didn't you put a DPP on it?
0: Yeah, I got a little loophole DPP on there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the ultimate pig slayer too. Yeah, I mean, how far do you shoot things with that thing? Um, I think the longest one we did was like about 150. Okay. Yeah. Um. You, had, you gotta know your holdovers. Oh, I'm um, sure. Yeah. Like that heavy of a bullet going subsonic. Um. But
2: I don't know if I've heard that. Shot yet?
0: So if you go to the indoor range, you know, at, at, yeah, at our range, like you'll go boom, and then you're, you'll hear it like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, on the on the end. Of, There's a crater taken out of the backstop. <laughs> yeah, oops,
1: <laughs> oopsie.
0: No, that's that's a cool round. Just like I like heavy slow bullets are kind of cool.
1: You know, I just bought a 4570 the other day myself. Um, some guy was selling it. He's like, oh, it has has like some rust on it from sitting in a cabin or something like that. And I got it and literally just took some. Some some, rem oil. Yeah, (laughs) rem oil. And it like came right off. Like, oh, okay. I just got a smoking deal on this thing. It's like, looks brand new. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take that rusty piece of shit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's worth nothing. I haven't shot it yet. I have to look around for some 4570 or get some dice and load some.
0: There's this place in Montana that I bought those big heavy subs from. And it's all, it's all lead cast. It's not a jacket or anything. But um, I was having trouble finding some ammo in this place in Montana. Um, I signed up for their email list and they had some come up. So I'm, I'm, nice. I bought it and it's been pretty good so far. I bought like a couple cases of it.
1: Is it like uh, a couple cases. Buffalo boar or whatever? No, it, I feel like they make a lot of oddball stuff like that. It's mm-hmm.
0: not like the blue, like you're talking like the blue box with the yellow and stuff. I think so. Yeah. yeah. yeah bore. It's uh, yeah, they make a lot of oddball stuff. It's, it's this other one. It's, um, um, it seems like a pretty small company. Cause like the owner was like, Hey man, yeah, I just got some in. Let me know what you think or whatever. Um, and, uh, but it's, they came in a big box. Um, I forget the name of it. It's someplace in Montana though.
1: All right. I'll talk it up. I'll search around. I mean, it's, it's very out of my normal ammo searching, searching realm. So, so it like,
2: probably makes a forty five seventy. It oh, Probably.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that's one of the popular, like cowboy caliber bullet makers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, was it Hornady. I think they have a subsonic round two. Um, but I couldn't find that in stock. This was like a year ago when I was searching. For yeah. Those like the when, like,
1: when like nothing was in stock. Yeah. yeah. And
0: 4570 was like the last thing on, on Horde and they like, we're, like, we're going to be pushing uh, out this other stuff. You need to make.
1: You can either animals. find, uh, pellets or babies for your <laughs> pellet gun, or there's one, one box of
0: 4570 <laughs> on the shelf. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, you're into Jeeps too, right?
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Usually, the, you know, there's at least one at my shop. Um, so, I have a 1949. Oh, shit. Willy's I there was Jeep. That old. Yeah. So, it's. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a picture of this thing. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. It's it's pretty cool. So yeah. it's uh so you've seen like World War II jeep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not not to confuse it with the World War II jeep. This is what A couple of years, four after. years post war. Um, very similar. Looks very similar. Um, and this thing, you know, it, it it's funny. There's like two two groups of people. You know, a lot of people ask me like, when are you going to paint that thing? Because it still has it probably has like seven layers of paint on it. <laughs> It's it's definitely – it's, like, five different colors. Um, and a lot of people are like, oh, man, look at the patina on that thing. Yeah, you definitely need to leave it. Yeah. I mean, it's so cool. It took, like, what, 75 years to look like that? Yeah. I'm going to leave it looking like that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's it's fun. It's not – I would say it's probably not that much bigger than, like, a golf cart. <laughs> you know, it's it, – or, like, a it's probably smaller than, a, like, a, a newer side-by-side, but, like, an older – like John Deere Gator, yeah, oh, it's yeah. probably about that size, and it's street legal. <laughs> oh, it's street legal, but it has there. There's power nothing. Oh so yes, yeah, so no power brakes, no power steering. Is it like have doors or is it like the fold down? No window doors, door doors. It has a fold down windshield, uh, roof. No roof. Dude, that's no roll gangster. bar. No seat belts. <laughs> it doesn't even have turn signals. <laughs> like because it like from the factory, it just didn't. They didn't yeah. have turn yeah, signals. Forty
0: nine.
1: Yeah, and I think I forget if it was. Forty, I think maybe 49 was the first year they put two taillights on it. So, like, I have, I have a bunch of friends with all these little Jeeps. And uh, some of the guys, you know, have kept theirs pretty original. And some of them are, like, a 48 or 47. And they have one taillight. And they get pulled over all the time. Or someone will, like, stop them in traffic. And be like, oh, your taillight's out. I'm like, oh. Like there's only one taillight. Like yeah, your tail, your other one's out. Like no, there isn't another tail light. It's not there. I have one. Yeah, so you got to drive around. You got to use the arm signals, like you're riding a bike. <laughs> and you know, some people just look at you like, what is wrong? Oh god, with that's gonna be person?
0: hard. Like when you're trying to po- not power. Turn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You are the power turn. So and <laughs> then steering.
1: there, you know, so you're you're trying to use your arm to turn and or, it's manual or, or signal. But so it's a manual. But yeah. then there's there's two shifters. Oh, it's it's double clutch? So, there's a uh, a shifter for the transmission, and then there's this auxiliary overdrive, which has a lever two. Um, and then there's two more levers for the four-wheel drive. So, you look at this thing, you're like, why does this thing have four levers in it? Like, wh- what do I even do with all these? So, we... Uh, my girlfriend, Danielle and I, we like to take it out in the mountains in Colorado. Um, you know, there's, there's tons of four by four trails all over the place. I would say that thing's probably like unstoppable. Um, so I've done some stuff to it. Like I, I put different gearing in the transmission and stuff. So you can literally like put it in low range and first gear and it'll go like maybe three miles an hour <laughs> and it'll literally like idle over anything. Yeah. Um, but it's it's crazy. It's so small you can you can get it to go like anywhere. Um, there is there there's this cool guy on YouTube. His name is Stan Fuller. Um, if you look up Grandpa's Jeep, so he has this Jeep. His is maybe like a forty seven um, that was his grandpa's or maybe maybe it was his dad's. I don't know. Um, but he four wheels the shit out of that thing and you would be amazed at the places he's gotten this to go. Yeah. He'll like take it. He, I think he lives in Utah. Um, he'll take it to Moab and just run circles around people in like they're lifted Rubicon yeah. brand new thing. And he'll just be like, well, what's, what's your problem? You okay. like, can't drive. Yeah. Hurry up. <laughs> yeah. But it's so cool. Like I, I've met tons of cool people with it. Um, you know, it's, I think, in groups of people that have all these little jeeps, it's like about the experience. It's not like all oh, you have this whiz bang jeep with all these doodads on it. It's just uh, getting together people, having a good time. Yeah. It's fun. I think uh, right now I'm working on putting uh, a small diesel engine in it. So that's kind of my my winter <laughs> project. I'm gonna gonna tear out the the current engine. That's it. Yeah, dude. That's. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's it. that's gangster. Yeah. It's so
2: cool. Well, like, I can throw it,
0: up a, a picture on the video for the YouTube people.
1: Um it's it got a little winch on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've I have a little tow bar on it. So I literally just hook it up to the back of my oh, truck. Nice. And yeah. just take it wherever I want to go. <laughs> like I have I think <laughs> the furthest I so when I lived in Wisconsin, I had it. Um like I would just tow it to the east coast back to my parents' house in Pennsylvania you know, just like bomb around Pennsylvania for the weekend. Oh yeah. Just, and then you just drop back. Yeah.
2: Like, do you ever take that to like the grocery store and just like, all
1: right, gotta go get the groceries. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> if you like, could like, just imagine you getting out, like just right. Cause you're a tall dude. Yeah. And then getting out of this tiny Jeep and like, getting yeah. back all right see you guys later
1: <laughs> i mean it's it, it's it's almost comical just because it's so small yeah, yeah yeah and i love to uh drive it around with a windshield down yeah <laughs> like a lunatic <laughs> 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 so you know you and well the thing is it like it doesn't go very fast yeah like i think the fast usually it's maybe about 45 how is yeah. that street legal but like the
2: japanese mini trucks aren't street legal I will say a Japanese mini truck would be pretty
1: cool. Like I would buy and drive one of those in a heartbeat. (laughs) Maddie wants one real.
2: Oh yeah,
0: she's all in the mini truck. Like she's all in that train.
1: So uh, when when I used to work in the corporate world, I took a couple trips to Japan. Oh nice. And like. Everyone in Japan has a mini truck. Like if you are in the trades or just maybe if you're just a guy, it's like guy code, <laughs> you just have a mini truck. And you're like, man, that is so sweet. It's just like this little cab forward four-wheel drive uh thing, and they're like zipping around everywhere. Yeah. Like one of those would be so handy. Yeah. And dude, some of them have dump beds on them. Yeah.
2: They're like mini dump trucks. Yeah. Dude, that's a fucking gangster picture of that.
1: Yeah, that was uh uh, right near the top of Mount Antero. So one of the, in Colorado, there's like 50, I think 52 peaks that are over 14,000 feet. Oh, wow. And Mount Antero is like one of two, maybe one of three that you can drive almost the whole way to the top. Um, so we've like taken that thing up that high, <laughs> you know, it like you, when you're up that high in altitude, uh, since it's carbureted, like, Oh. <laughs> barely makes any power not to put, say that it makes put, any put, power put, to put, begin put, with put. but yeah you're just like kind of putting up the mountain hoping it doesn't vapor lock and <laughs> you can actually
2: get back down you're like we'll be coasting this thing down the
1: hill I, and that may have been the day too that picture you just uh, pulled up um uh, there was one day we were out screwing around so we we do this thing in the fall the um called the fall colors tour so a bunch of buddies with jeeps like this We just kind of go see all the fall colors um, in Colorado, drive around the mountains for a week. There was one day, you know, we were just getting started, got to the trailhead, airing down the tires. And (laughs) I look over at Daniel, I was like, uh... The brakes stopped working. <laughs> is that this picture with the tire off? Oh, that uh, that was di- that was a different trip. So I, I, I have had the tire fall off on this thing a few times. I just looked at her. as like, well, I mean, we don't have brakes, but uh, we got the whole day to go. I mean, at least we got this parking brake. <laughs> so I just drove the whole day with just the parking brake. Oh, hell yeah. And like the parking brake, you know how like the, the top of a cane is, you know, kind of arched? Like it looks like that. And you just pull it out of the dash. Like that is the parking brake. Like, okay, I guess I've got to, like, wrench on this thing every time we need to break. Like, hopefully this thing doesn't break, too. Yeah. But, yeah, Ian, I've, I've had I've had a few incidents with tires falling off. Yeah, I day. mean, it's from 19, what, 47? Yeah, 49. Yeah. 49, Yeah,
2: bad. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's wasn't built today. I mean, yeah. there's tires that fall off new cars, so. Yeah. Get, add a couple of years to it yeah. yeah that dude that's hella cool I'm totally jealous it's <laughs>
1: like it's it's so much fun where do you like how'd you find that thing um the internet yeah <laughs> yeah a so, trailer so it, it was kind of funny the so i bought it when i lived in wisconsin i was out in Colorado doing this fall colors tour one year and uh if you look in the pictures closely you can kind of see under like the 47 layers of paint that uh there was like some advertising on it at one point Um, so someone pointed out, someone pointed out, they're like, oh yeah, this is like a Denver address. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I never really thought much of it. So then like two years later when I moved to Denver, I was like, you know what? We should like look this up and see like what it was. So like one year we were bored over Thanksgiving and we're like, oh, let's go to the public library and look this up. So we looked up, like went to the archives, looked through all these like old business records and found That at that address, I think back in maybe the early 60s, there's this place called Camperland. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So I went home and like sanded off a little bit more of the paint so I could see more of the advertising. And sure enough, right on the side of the Jeep, it says Camperland. I was like, oh, man, that's so cool. So the the Jeep actually came from Denver, um, was in Wyoming for a while. I bought it in Wisconsin and then funny enough, like years later, I moved back to Denver and took the Jeep with me. So that's, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a little
2: like overland trailer for it or anything?
1: I've thought about it. Like I've had a, so there are uh, funny roundabout story. Um, so the, that particular Jeep was actually invented by this company called Bantam. Okay. Um, it was in actually in my dad's hometown, Butler, Pennsylvania. Um, so back, in the war, uh, as things were spooling up for World War II um, they needed like this light reconnaissance vehicle um, I think Bansom at the time had like 15 employees and in I want to say like two months they completely designed the jeep you know, it, it went on to go through a few iterations yeah. later through war procure- procurement, but Bantam invented this jeep, and they also made like a little trailer to work to go with it. Yeah, um, which was pretty cool. And I've had a few trailers over the years, but um, I just never end up having like a good place to store them, so I always sell them. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it was funny. My grandfather uh, worked at a steel mill and actually worked in the same building that these Bantam trailers were made in, like thirty years prior for the war. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Some of those uh, overland trailers
2: that people either build or you know whatever. I think uh, Joe
1: actually has one. Oh, from LMT. Yeah, I yeah,
0: think he, he heard, yeah, has he
1: one put- for like a, to go with his Forerunner or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice.
2: That's what I mean. That's where I see him a lot. Is you know dudes with their their newer Jeeps or Forerunners have some pretty crazy setups. Yeah,
1: nice. Yeah. But it's, it's fun. It's, you know, kind of like a very odd, obscure hobby.
0: How much does one of those cost? Like, uh, how, initial, not how much you put into it and how much you keep putting into it.
1: Like, I bought mine, and it was kind of running pretty <laughs> intact. Started. Um, I think I paid, like, maybe three grand for it. Yeah. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's pretty cheap. You know, a fair number of people have them, so you can kind of find most parts for them. Um. I feel like the struggle for me when I first got it was, like, trying to figure, like, uh, there'd be something you can clearly tell something is missing. Like, I know there should be something here. I'm not quite sure what that something should be (laughs) (laughs) and where I can find the parts to make it whole again.
2: Nice. So,
1: you know, it's it's kind of an I think adventure to learn how
2: to drive it with all your fucking levers. Do that's yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, and the other thing too is like uh originally it has, you know, like uh have you ever driven an old truck with the the foot button for the high beams? <laughs> oh yeah. So it has like it has that for the high beams, but it also has another one <laughs> that starts it. Oh shit. So like
2: you're, I mean, you never have to worry about getting it stolen. So it's like, nobody's it's always like this uh,
1: hokey pokey thing with like trying to get it started driving. And then if you're like on a hill and rolling backwards, it's (laughs) it could be a handful. I always tell people like, you never know if you're actually going to get to where you're going, you're going to break down or you're going to die in a blazing inferno.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All of the above. It could be any of them. You never know.
1: And like, I always drive around town. I'm like, yep. I broke down on that corner. Yep. Broke down over there. <laughs> Ran out of
0: out of gas. Tire fell off over there.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Nice. Good time. Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. This was, uh, this was fun, man.
1: Yeah. Nice. Glad we got to hang out. Yeah.
0: yeah. Good to see you.
1: I feel like this week is kind of struggle. You know, you got all these people you want to see. You're all in the same place, the same time. So.
2: There's like 10 more people that I need to see in like three hours, and it's probably not going to happen.
0: Yeah. Every year, there's like huge list of people that just never link up
2: like, yeah it's not enough time of the day
0: it's so huge sure you know yeah
2: i i just went down to the basement before this to try to find uh somebody that that i wanted to link up with who's been emailing me or us i should say and i don't think they updated the app for the map because i think it's like last year's map because i went to roscoe and talked with them and they're not In the spot, so I spent like 20 minutes looking for Roscoe, finally found him. Oh, geez. And then I went to the basement, and I'm like, I have to figure out how to get out of the basement now to get to the podcast,
0: because
1: this isn't going It is kind of confusing. Like, I didn't even know the the bridge over to Caesars was like a thing. Yeah. And someone was like, oh, yeah, you got to take the bridge over to Caesars. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah, there, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff here. It, it, I think it can be challenging. Like every day, you really got to plan out to like yeah. who you're going to go see and chat with. And
0: yeah, next year I think we're going to like actually map it out and be like, this is the route we're going to take, and go hit these, and then you know, because like on Tuesday I was running here and running there and running back all like all, all over the yes. place. Well, know. I feel like have you guys used the app a lot? So we use the app to like be like, okay. We're, we need to go to this booth, and it's next to FN. So we're going to look up for the big FN sign and yeah. and then kind of use that as, like, landmarks. You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's, that's the only thing I use it for is the map, but my map is not right. Oh, wow. Are you looking
1: at the right year?
0: Yeah, did you download <laughs> the 2022?
2: Uh, is it a different app every year?
1: No, I think I think if you, when you open up the app, you can, like, load, like, I'm 2023 SHOT Show Man. I'm gonna be real mad like <laughs> this whole time.
0: God damn technology. <laughs> Ian's going back to paper maps. He's like, screw this phone. Yeah. He's
1: Let's, gonna he's gonna print them out ahead of time.
0: Yeah. What,
1: what what was print the, out a whole directory.
2: What, what was uh what was that? Back in the day when you like before GPS, MapQuest, MapQuest. yeah, MapQuest, yeah. and yeah, they you were, print off the direction, yeah, and
1: you're like these fucking sucks. And then, too. then you had to make sure you zeroed your trip odometer,
0: yeah, before yeah. you
1: left. And then if you like would take a wrong turn, you're like, oh shit, now all my calculations are
0: gonna be wrong,
3: god damn it. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, these kids these days, man, they have it so easy, yeah, fact. Well, thank you again, man. Yeah, Good thanks for having me. I'm uh, glad we got to catch up. Yeah, Good to man, see you. It's it cool.
1: Good to see you, Ian. Yeah. Oh, funny story. So, uh, your 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 picture sticker yeah. thing. Uh, Danielle asked the other day. She's like, "Who is this?" I was <laughs> like, "Oh, that's Ian from Big Tag. She's like, "Really? That's like a real person?" I was like, "Oh, yeah."
2: So, he actually yeah. Yeah, yesterday, uh, Chris tags me in a in a, in a post and uh Chris actually had like an artist, an anime artist, draw that picture and she works a lot with like weapon outfitters okay. and everything and she was here and I was like, I need to go find her and like, oh, I saw that, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So like, I walk him, and she's like, there's my supermodel and I was like, <laughs> you're making me blush stuff.
0: <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so I was like, that 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 was fun. That I think was next fun. year we're gonna bring like, head or, like pictures of Ian and he can be at the booth like signing them. There you um, go. Autographing them. Yeah. There you go.
2: That's how I broke into my supermodeling career. Well, hey,
1: gotta start somewhere. <laughs>
0: Thank you guys for watching. Uh, we really appreciate you. Uh, go check out Dave and all his stuff at Deep Wilson. Um, you know, go- hit Google like you can find him. It's easy.
1: Or if you uh, if you Google Pin and Weld, find the very first search result.
0: Excellent. That's nice. Yeah. So Google Pin and Weld, it'll take you take you right there. Uh, but yeah, we really appreciate y'all watching. Um, thank y'all for tuning in, and uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
3: Bye-bye.